spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello? And welcome to the 235th annual Solomon Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory. Bullshit, my name is Cody and remember pal Phil, how are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? I'm doing grand, and you know why? I started my tenuous journey on trying to get through X-Files once again. Okay, how, how far have you gotten to? Okay, so <laughs> many years ago, I watched the very first season and I just started the second. I am running into one problem. It is a bedtime show, and I make it about three quarters way through the episode, and then I fall asleep. But I will get through it, goddammit. Nappy time. Yeah. yeah, that always kills me with some of my shows. <laughs> but um, I wanted to say one thing. This is just really funny, and it's honestly fucking moronic. But I was watching one of my ghost shows for my, my uh, weekend adult naps, right? And they basically play paranormal videos and then they talk about them, yada, yada, yada. Well, the guy shooting the video, he's claiming his house is like super haunted by something he calls the shadow dude. I'm not even making this up, right? Yeah. And then his comment, I could barely believe it. He said, you know what? Some of the lower grade cameras actually work better because they pick up more <laughs> paranormal activity than the expensive ones. And I'm like, yeah, because it's grainy, you moron. God. The shadowy images. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's <laughs> fucking. For, for some reason, when it's crystal, crystal clear, you don't pick up the ghost that I swore <laughs> I saw. I was just like, did this man honestly just admit that he's using shitty grainy images to make up paranormal shit happening in his house. Yeah, why do you think UFO images are still being captured by some of the worst cameras out there? Ooh, true. <laughs> Very true. I did see a video from your boy Stephen Greer saying we can be expecting a fake UFO invasion this year. Yeah, I've heard uh, quite a bit of that. You would think that with everyone having a camera in their pocket now, people would catch like more of them, but... I do think people also are getting better at like it, it used to take actual experts to figure out if a video was a fake or if it was, you know, an altered, let's say. Now everyone's like kind of has a pretty decent understanding of what images look like when they're faked and yeah. like what video looks like when they're faked. And I think we might even like I've noticed not really less, but Less like really bad ones, let's say. If you want to debunk a <laughs> paranormal video, head into the comments and someone will claim to be a video expert and then tell you what they saw. I found that oh, that's that all of Instagram. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> or they were there and they actually saw it along with the yeah. person recording yeah. it. Of course. Yeah, they were in the craft banging an alien chick. So they know it was there at that time. So past weekend, I had a funny little kind of self-evaluation, uh, thinking about me in the past. 
situation. I was actually in the laundry room uh, doing my laundry and a couple walked in with just a shit ton of their laundry, probably, you know, five people in a two bedroom apartment. They're doing laundry for all of them. Right. And I noticed that they just smelled like cigarette smoke. Just <laughs> terrible. Their clothes, they themselves, when they spoke, their breath, it, all of it. It was just, I was about to pass out. It was so bad. And then I realized to myself, holy shit, that's what I used to smell like Yeah, all the time. That's what both of us used to smell like. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Smoking, the funny thing, smoking indoors what? was our forte. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I lived with you for that, like, what, nine or ten months, your sister used to hate. <laughs> yeah. You and I we would just fucking chain smoke in the, the basement. basement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I still think about that. And then when I moved upstairs, I was still smoking. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I quit in, I quit smoking cigarettes in 2017 and started vaping. And for months after I quit, I would find like old clothes buried in, drawers or my closet i would unearth it and it would just reek like cigarette smoke <laughs> and it's so funny how once you quit smoking you start to like realize like what other humans smelled yeah when you were yeah. around i also learned from smoking indoors you basically got to repaint the walls to <laughs> get rid of the stench completely <laughs> oh definitely yeah i lived in that house in england and i smoked indoors for the two and a half years I swear the walls were just a tinge yellow when I moved in as when I like moved out. Yeah. So I feel kind of bad for my landlords. They got quite a bit of uh, good old Uncle Sam's money, though. Yeah. And so. plus it had a fucking chimney or like, I'm sorry, a uh, wood uh, <laughs> fireplace. Fireplace. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it reeked like that, too. So there's smoke from coming from all sorts of places. Oh, yeah, that poor fucking demon cat that I had probably has lung cancer now, but <laughs> yeah, I, <forgot>. I hope <laughs> you love that cat. Don't lie. No, I don't. <laughs> it did find itself a good home, which it I was did. happy. I didn't have to find it a home. It did. So. It found a home. It got laid. All that good stuff. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. uh, should we get into this week's episode? Yeah, let's hit it. In this life, we all depend and rely on certain necessities. Those being sustenance, shelter, security, and the knowledge that our situation will remain either the same or better tomorrow as it was yesterday. Though, all this can change in an instant. Now, for today's episode, we are going to discuss a great catastrophe, of which millions of lives were affected by both the economic and ecological fallout that had ensued. Not to mention the lives lost on that fateful day, all of which resulted from one of our favorite topics, that being, of course, corporate greed. Yeah, you honestly, I'd be totally OK if they made a bill where you were not allowed to say the word corporate without greed next to it. <laughs> like you had to say the two together because they belong together. Yeah, no more. uh commercial fluff pieces no. basically those are such weird commercials where you see one for a corporation and they're not advertising anything except for their own goodwill <laughs> yeah it was funny we were just talking about uh the monetization of literally every single holiday or made-up holiday in the united states it's um it's quite astounding 
Yeah. To this point, any aspect of our lives is being taken over by corporations, especially housing. That one's really affecting me big yeah. right now. Yeah. Fuck them. Now, now, what I really should say is that corporate negligence and greed is allegedly behind this tragedy. As, like always, conspiracy theorists who never fail to let a good crisis go to waste had pondered aloud if perhaps the events of that dark day on the 20th of April, 2010, may have been all a part of some grander scheme by the elite. As for today, we will be discussing the disaster that rocked the Deepwater Horizon oil drilling rig, which resulted in what is believed to be the largest oil spill in United States history in the Gulf of Mexico, just off the coast of Louisiana. Now, Cody, do you remember this event? Um... I think so. Um, obviously, I know Mark Wahlberg um, saved everybody's life or something, right? Yeah, I was hoping that you had seen that movie. I haven't seen it in quite a while. But uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of the dramatization of this story. Okay. But yeah, I do remember this pretty well. I had just gotten out of basic training and I was at Port Wanimi doing my tech school. So we didn't really have a lot of entertainment except for of course, you know, Fox News was on the television yeah. in the day room pretty much 24 hours a day. So, <laughs> You know, I want to uh, I had my own experience, maybe not in this level with uh, corporate greed and negligence. I received an email from a law uh, law firm, right, saying that AMC and like whoever streaming apps they're affiliated with or own or whatever, um, yep. they, they had been selling off people's personal information and now <laughs> and okay. like the lawsuit amount was eight million dollars how much money do you think they received from selling off personal information oh probably millions and millions i'm yeah. guessing that it involves so many people if there is a payout you're gonna get a couple of bucks yeah and yep. the lawyers are probably gonna get about what three to four million somewhere in there <laughs> probably. So. yeah i just uh, corporate greed man i just Ah, I just want to scream from the rooftops. But anyway, continue <laughs> on here. Also, too, scammers use those types of emails to <laughs> also steal your information yeah. and your identity. Yeah. And yeah, so you got to be careful for those too. I looked, I looked very deeply into it. So it's yeah. it's it was legit. It's just like you said, I'll probably get fifty cents. You'll end up paying those corporate lawyers in Steam gift cards. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> sending them off to Lagos. <laughs> Now, to start off, I'm going to give a very brief history on oil extraction. Going back to the 27th of August, 1859, when a year-long search by Edwin Drake had finally paid off, as he would be the first person able to drill for and successfully, that's the important part, extract the oil that he was seeking. He was able to keep the well open by inserting metal piping. Just a short 38 years later, in 1897, the first ever offshore well would be built off the coast of Santa Barbara. Uh, this was next to the already opened up Summerland oil field. This was actually done by building oil derricks on top of wooden piers. Five years later, the number of derricks would grow to 150. And I have those images below of the coast. I um, never trusted the name Derrick, and now I know why. Um, <laughs> uh, with, you know what? I'm... This is totally random, but you remember the movie um, There Will Be Blood? Yes. Was that guy's main character's name not Edwin Drake? 
I could, I... I'm probably imagining that, but... <clears throat> and it's been a very long time since I saw that movie, but... Uh, Not quite sure about... Are you talking about the guy with the um, the cattle prod? You know, cattle killer weapon? No, you're him? thinking of No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Oh, okay. There Will Be Blood is about an oil baron guy. Um, but and it's from like a long, long, long time ago. Um, oh, okay, I don't think I, I don't think I've seen it. Daniel Day Lewis, give it a shot. But um, okay. anyway, so your three pictures here. I yep. see that today there is no oil derricks. Where what happened to the oil derricks? Well, they uh, dismantled all of them okay. once the oil dried up. There's no reason ah, to keep them around. Okay. They also removed the wooden piers. So basically, explaining the images. Uh, the first one is a very old uh, picture taken of the piers and all of the oil derricks um, that were built out from the beach. Uh, the next picture is an overlap of the top and bottom picture, kind of showing you what used to be there. And the bottom is what it looks like today, which is the same exact beach, just void of all of the piers and oil derricks. It is comforting to know that some asshole's backyard right now, which is this you know million dollar beach, is probably underneath it polluted by years of, you know, just spilled <laughs> oil. So that's nice to think of. I'm glad you're looking at it like that. <laughs> Fuck you, asshole. You're going to get fucking cancer, bitch. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Some, well, you know, there's a lot of those millionaire, you know, homeowners who own the beachfront property. And they, even though it's, you know, not actually their property, they try to treat it like it's their, their private property, that beach. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's take the Zuckerberg family. I think during a full moon, they come ashore and lay their eggs in the sand. And then they, <laughs> they go back out and the other Zuckerberg kids uh, have to find them out at sea. Um, so they could be hatched <laughs> have to here. Make their way across the beach. Yep, yeah. yeah, they could be hatched here. Watch out for seagulls and stuff. I thought you were going to talk about how Zuckerberg is trying to buy all of Hawaii. I mean, that's a bigger problem and probably a more serious <laughs> problem. <laughs> He wants to expand his uh, mating grounds, potentially. Yeah, yeah. That might be A lot it. of sand for him and his children. Moving on. Eventually, the wooden piers, which had been the platforms for those oil derricks, would be replaced by metal ones in the early 20th century. This would increase the amount of and the distance offshore that these derricks would be able to be built. The technology would continue to improve, and by the middle of the 20th century, anchored barges would also be able to use uh, as bases for these offshore wells. This was until eventually they would get to the type of offshore oil rigs that we have today. So, okay, I never really thought about it, but I guess in a sense, the barges are like an anchored, or I'm sorry, the oil rigs are kind of like an anchored barge in in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Not like the old ones, but I'm saying like, it's a fixed thing that's like stationary in the ocean or whatever. Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. There's okay. a bunch of different ways that this oil drilling and the extraction can take place. Um, it's kind of funny. It really is only because of how expensive oil has gotten in the past like 30 to 40 years that offshore drilling has like really like shot up. Like back in the old days, it was basically just to try to get a little bit more of the oil that was near the coast. Now they're actually out in trying to get more and more out into the open ocean to like more off the shelf, basically trying to extract oil. 
You know what? Some a, a thought that just came across my head is some of these rich guys, right? They probably yeah. belong to the young earth creationist movement belief system. <laughs> they are literally digging up fossilized dinosaur bones and they might not even believe they actually exist. Oh, they probably Ironic. imagine that God put the oil there to <laughs> enrich <just> them. <laughs> <laughs> that is very <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. I just imagine I imagine a lot of those elite people, if they are like religious, they're just pretending to be religious and that's in order, you know, for some kind of uh manipulation or whatnot. I yeah. they pretty much believe that they're gods. That's what I am. Very true. In my opinion. In my <laughs> opinion, I should say. I share that opinion. Anyway, continue on. All right. This part I'm going to say is gonna be very boring. It is simply just for context for later on. So as for the offshore types of rigs that I was talking about, the ones that are around today come in pretty much five basic types. The first of which is built on a short fixed platform. This is used for very near shore extraction. The second are much taller, considered more like underwater towers. The tallest of which is the Petronius Compliant Tower, which between 2000 and 2008, was actually the tallest free, the tallest freestanding structure in the world. This came in at a total height of 2,100 feet. This was until the Burj Khalifa would be constructed at a height of 2,717 feet. That's quite tall. Um, <laughs> yeah, Burj Khalifa. I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there. The only thing I think of when I hear the last name. Khalifa is a young woman who um, does adult movies. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I do I do love it. Like the Patronus compliant tower. I love how they. I feel like they put compliant in there just to make sure people know. Like, no, this is we're doing the right thing. It's it's (laughs) compliant. It's 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 good. Don't worry, we're not fucking around on you. Yeah. Yeah, no. The um so basically that tower is 1754 feet below the water surface. That's how far it goes down until it it reaches bottom and it costed 500 million dollars. Jesus. Erect. They yeah. probably made that so in a off, day. offshore What's that? And they probably made that back in a day. Yeah, it it was uh, completed in 2000. So. Okay. All right. Basically, what I'm trying to get at is oil has to be really expensive for them to actually like put money into offshore extraction. Okay. Does it? Well, maybe that'll come up come up in the conspiracy um, section where they <laughs> artificially increase the prices to make these more profitable. Yeah, potentially. We will okay. be talking about okay. a few different companies All right. and All right. what they uh what it's believed that they were doing, some of the conspiracy. Okay. All right. So the next kind is what's known as like the floating platforms. Uh these can either be kept in place by tension legs, which are attached to the seafloor, or by extremely large anchors. Finally, the one that we are going to be discussing today is known as a semi-floating platform. Uh, this is basically a large structure that's put into place on top of these huge flotation buoys. It's going to be towed out. Once it's in place, the lower buoys are filled with water. This allows the platform to kind of go like underneath the water level so that they can be more stable in reference. 
These are going to be held either in place by large anchors or what the Deepwater Horizon was being held in place by, which is kind of like a satellite GPS and like its own thruster powers. Okay, so the semi-floating is the middle one right in the picture here? Yes, yep, it's in the exact middle. Uh, Basically, it is towed out into place, and then its bottom, like it looks like a large box, but like the bottom of the box is filled with water in order to keep it look like it's stable, even in rough seas. So they are not connected to the floor below. Which okay. I did not realize. I, I thought that those either. large ones were still connected to the bottom. So you're saying this does not move in the waves? like? No, it's meant to be stable in rough sea. Okay. So right. because so much of its weight is underwater, it doesn't like jostle around. Like if, if those barges, if those big floats underneath were filled with air, that thing would be like a boat. It would be, you know, up and down on the water. Every time okay. there was a wave, it would move up and down. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't know that either. I guess we're all uh, learning Mark Wahlberg fun facts today. (laughs) Yeah. So the last kind is a lot like the semi-floating kind. It's called a large truss, which basically you'll see in the last bit. um, It's it's pretty much like a large spire that goes under the water that's that's filled with water in order to keep it stable. It's kind of like a giant buoy that has most of its weight underwater. Interesting. Okay. Um, something I wanted to ask you real quick. So I've realized there's one sort of, I guess, sci-fi fantasy genre that I find really interesting. And that's like when it's about super deep sea mining. Um, Mm. have you, you've seen some of that, haven't you? Are you talking about sci-fi like Like, movies? Like movies. Yeah. Movies where they're like on literally the blackest of the black ocean floor mining something and then. They usually dig up some sort of creature that then kills them all. Oh, yeah. So basically like the the unknown, kind of like yeah. the Megalodon. Yes, movie. yes. When they go under like the, <laughs> there's like that barrier that they go under in the Megalodon. Yeah. Where like light won't even show because it's just <laughs> so pitch It's so black. far under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get crushed like a tin can <laughs> if you're out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the... Um, the little submarine that was going down trying to find uh, the Titanic. Basically, you get crushed like that boat, which is just mystifies everyone yeah. inside when it yeah. gets crushed. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me just say that if you're looking for a riveting beach read this summer, something to really, you know, sit back and relax, might I suggest the National Commission on the BP Deepwater Horizon Oil Spill and Offshore Drilling. Because let me tell you, I had me on the edge of my seat all weekend i'm i'm glad you actually found time to show up for the show recording today because i you know i've been i've been reading christine okay the the hit stephen king book and thankfully i did not find this because i wouldn't i wouldn't even touch another stephen king book yeah well it wasn't quite you know the most riveting read i've ever had in my life but i will say i did get a lot of good information uh I didn't actually write it down like verbatim, like what happened. I kind of realized that it would take me about a two or three part episode if I added in like everything that the report actually had in it about what happened. But I will say I got a lot of my information from that. But back I, to the episode. Oh, I'm thoroughly convinced things like this are specifically made long and annoying 
so people don't read about it or like don't read too deep into it yeah it did have um some of the survivor stories like what actually oh. happened when the explosion happened it, it wasn't okay. all dry there was uh, a little bit of kind of like imagining what happened that day it was pretty crazy but okay but moving right. forward now the events that led to that fateful day in april 2010 go way back to march of 2008 when bp paid just over 34 million dollars to the Minerals Management Service for an exclusive lease to drill in Mississippi Canyon Block 252. They would name their first well in this region of the Gulf the Macondo Well and would have a goal of drilling down to a depth of over 20,000 feet below the sea level. Originally, the drilling rig Marianas would be used for this feat and would dig halfway to the desired 20,000-foot depth. The work would begin in October 2009. It would drill for 34 days. However, that rig would have to be moved in order to avoid being damaged from Hurricane Ida. Uh, they would actually be able to move the rig, though it would eventually be damaged by that storm all the same. Enough so that BP would actually have to change out the drilling rigs being used. They would call in the Deepwater Horizon, which would be put into place on January 31st, 2010. Okay, very ominous. Um, was the uh, Macondo, is that like named after Mark Wahlberg's penis or what? <laughs> I have no idea if I'm saying it right. Uh, Macondo, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, not too sure about that one. Okay. No, kind of sounds like a character like, like maybe The Rock would play. Macondo. <laughs> Fast and Furious 14, Macondo's return. <laughs> I think the Burj Khalifa was in the Fast and Furious movies, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Stop making the movies. Now, by April 15th of that year, 2010, the crew of the Deepwater Horizon already would hit pay sand and be in the process of actually finishing off their work, uh, capping the wellhead. This was in order to move the drilling rig away from the site and onto the next job, and bring in the pumping rig, which would begin the extraction of the oil. The drilling team made it nearly the entire desired depth, though they would actually have to stop short, as the rock that the bore was drilling into would be found to be too unstable to continue the rest of the way. They would have to settle at a depth that they had already reached. This was about 18,360 feet. So I'm assuming since it's this deep, it's pure machine going down there like there's no actual humans around this depth? No, they're doing all of the drilling from, um, I should have actually showed you a video of it, Kind of interesting how they do it. So the all of the drilling happens on top of the rig, and they're basically like putting pipe down to like make it oh. longer and longer as they drill. God, okay, that makes sense. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. It's basically the same thing that they do for the on land oil drilling. It's just they're going through water first, uh, then drill. Gotcha. So. Okay, I gotcha. Okay. In the days before April the twentieth. The crew would begin to stabilize the well. Basically, they would pump down mud and cement down into the well in order to stabilize the whole thing. This was when BP's partners, Halliburton, would be brought in to cement in the well. Imagine 
from what I was seeing on like the videos and from what I read, it's almost kind of like, uh, you know, those things you use to decorate cakes, how you force it through yeah, and then it yeah. kind of comes up around it. Yeah. That's almost like <laughs> what was happening where they were loading the cement and sending it down the pipe and then having it go like up and around the casing, like in order to stabilize the well. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of cool. They were all, they were also doing pressure checks after they had thought that the cement had dried. This was in order to make sure that everything was holding up well under pressure. They did positive and negative checks. Now they didn't realize it, but this is kind of when things started to go around on the night of April 20th. A rumbling could be heard on the deck of the Deepwater Horizon. Then, what has been described as feeling like a fully loaded freight train slamming into the bottom of the rig would rock the crew. At the same time, massive mud flows could be seen coming out of the top of the derrick. Then, it would be seen coming out of the degasser. After that, a massive explosion occurred and a huge fire started as the gases from the pipe ignited. This would set the Deepwater Horizon completely ablaze. Alarms and sirens immediately rang out. At first, survivors would attempt to locate and aid others, though as a realization set in that the rig was completely up in flames, everyone still alive would make their way towards the safety of the life rafts on board. In total, 11 men died from this catastrophe. 17 men escaped with uh, many varying injuries, but escaped with their lives. Damn, so pretty much 11 people just got um, barbecued on this thing, more or less? Either in the initial explosion, in the fire, or uh, they basically died, like, trying to make it to the life rafts. Okay. One of my worst fears, to die on the job. Just going to say it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's, (laughs) I couldn't imagine. Yeah, this, I mean, from the stories I was reading, Uh, in the government report from the survivors it sounded like just insane absolutely apocalyptic yeah i would imagine so anything that sounds like a freight train is generally not a good nothing good comes of that well they said it felt like a freight train slamming into the bottom of the rig which Ah. is the platform that they're on okay it couldn't have been rosie o'donnell swimming down there potentially okay i'm not exactly sure she may have been in the area that day who knows but it uh there's one story of a man who was thrown 20 feet into the side of the uh room that he was in into i guess he called it a hull so i don't know if i don't know if that means like a steel beam uh but he did make it out uh there's other stories of men being trapped like under walls and having to basically pull their legs out from underneath rubble it's terrifying yeah yeah that doesn't sound like a good time oh definitely yeah it sounds horrible now luckily the crew was able to call out for a mayday for help after the fire started uh, the coast guard would spring into action immediately beginning the search for survivors Uh, this was while firefighting boats would be deployed in an attempt to subdue the massive flames now overtaking the drilling rig. It would finally actually sink about a day and a half later on the morning of April 22nd. On that day, search planes who were scanning the waters for any possible survivors were already beginning to see the sheen of a massive oil slick begin to form on the waters near the floating rig 
rapidly growing as time went on, with efforts beginning after the alarms were raised to try and capture and burn off or disperse the growing oil slick before it reached the coast. I will say it's very nice of the Coast Guard to uh, take time out of giving checking if people had fishing license to uh, come out and help. <laughs> that that was really nice of them. Um, so if it was the DNR, they wouldn't give a fuck. <laughs> um, so, all right. Excuse my ignorance here, but yeah. is the Deepwater Horizon turned into the BP oil spill? That also happened. Or those two separate things. This is all the same thing. So, oh, okay. okay. So in my mind, so from what I remembered about this, I learned a lot about it that I, I thought I knew about it. I didn't know shit about it. So here's the thing. BP owns the rights for oil extraction. They hired a company called TransOcean. I will be talking about this a little bit later on too, but I'll explain it more right now. They hired a company called TransOcean to come in and actually do the drilling. So they were working in conjunction with BP executives who were basically like onshore and they would like teleconference every day. Once the drilling was complete, BP hired Halliburton to come in and to like set the cement that was going down in order to stabilize the well. So it wasn't BP who was actually doing the drilling. Um, From what I had thought, before I started doing the research, I thought that BP was already extracting oil. The Deepwater Horizon was not the pumping rig. Deepwater Horizon is only the drilling rig. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't remember Deepwater Horizon, but I remember the the oil spill part of it. Yeah. So that dominated the headlines uh, because... Obviously, right off the bat, everyone was, you know, there's there's this huge fire out in the Gulf. 11 people had passed away. There was this huge fire. But then on the day that it sank, that's when the oil spill began. Uh, and that's kind of okay. when the headlines were dominated by the oil spill after that. I didn't really even hear that much about the oil, the drilling rig um, going up in flames and exploding. Most of what I saw was the months-long coverage of the oil spill. You know why that is? Because these guys are very good at paying people to, when it comes to dead workers, uh, they're pretty good at like squashing uh, new sources of talking too much about it. Oh, you think that's what it was about? Yes, I, for one I figured it was percent. just. I figured it was just because it was so easy, like a, a visual thing. I would put money that BP went into action in paying people off to not run too many things about the dead workers. Oh, okay. Well, that's all your speculation and conspiracy theory. So far. That would so be more far. for the end of the episode. That, okay. But we'll, we'll, we'll put, that, they, put, in that, put that in the back and we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. I will say BP did end up paying quite a lot of money out, uh, not only in like the settlements, and long-term cleanup, long-term kind of like there's been also a lot of uh, health problems that have come from like what happened in the next few months. Mm. So well, BP did spend a lot of money. I will say this, unless they're bankrupt and completely went under, it's not enough money. Yeah, no, they did not go completely bankrupt. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I was really surprised at the amount of oil extraction that's happening in the Gulf. I saw quite a few pictures of like, you know, the maps where it has dots where all the oil wells are. There is a ton of them 
out in the Gulf of Mexico. In my mind, there was only like some off the coast of Louisiana and Texas doing this. It's all over the place down south yeah. on the south coast. A lot, a lot of freedom extracting machines there. Oh, definitely. And there's also miles and miles of pipeline, too. Yeah. So, yep. Now, in the days, weeks, and months after this disaster, attempts would be made to stop the flow of oil out of the severed wellhead, with large metal caps being constructed on site to try and capture the escaping oil, also trying to siphon off anything coming up. There would actually be a couple of holes that would be attempted to be drilled in order to siphon off some of the flow that was coming out of the severed wellhead. Even an attempt to use what is known as a junk gun to try and block the severed pipe coming out of the wellhead. However, attempts at arresting the flow would not be successful until August 3rd of that year. This was when mud would be pumped directly into the wellhead at a slow rate for a constant eight hours. This was until the well was declared to be in a, quote, static condition. The next day, Cement would be pumped in, and the protruding pipe would be capped off. In all, 3.19 million barrels, or about 134 million gallons of oil, would be leaked into the ocean. Jesus. That is, that's just so much. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they did do, like, a really big job. It was, like, really a heroic effort just to try and contain all of that oil. The problem is, too, they used a lot of... Um, oil dispersants which are very toxic so ah you yeah. know what which will be part of uh, a little bit later but at least they said they're sorry they did that was a great south park yeah. episode i was like yeah, anyone remembers should, it should we should we lay on the floor naked and be like we're sorry <laughs> i'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> yeah that was yeah i do remember this time and kind of just Feeling like they could have done more, but having no idea. Like now I know, like I've read quite a bit about it and how hard it was to actually cap that off. I do remember a lot of people on the internet talking about using a nuke to try to cap the wellhead <laughs> uh, to try to stop it. Now that I don't is, know how that, that would have worked. That but. is some real American thinking right there. Um, yeah. So it's a little spoiler for the conspiracies later on. I don't know if you like you're going to talk about it later, but my understanding is a lot of this could have been prevented if they would have updated some of their um, equipment and stuff. Yeah, we'll talk about it later on, kind of like what went into happening to all of this. You got to remember, like they, they were using like the most state of state of the art equipment. So Deepwater Horizon was one of the most advanced drilling rigs on earth hmm. well, they had something i swore there was something about like in the underground pipes sprung a leak maybe it wasn't this one or something else but it could have been prevented but they never did routine maintenance on these because it costed them money yeah so there's a big problem with uh, regulation up until this point uh, ah. after this catastrophe there's going to be a lot of changes to the regulation okay so okay i yeah. got you so if you scroll down a little bit, there's a map kind of showing where over the course of the next few years, where they would spot some of the oil that was coming from the Gulf Coast. Jesus, way down in Africa and South America. Yeah. Try to remember, too, that um, those currents go circular in 
both there's one ribbon circular in the north and in the south. That's kind of why they jet around like okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of got split up between the two jets. A little bit went above into Europe, uh, but most of it went down below into Africa. Okay, I gotcha. Yep, killing the penguins down there in the Antarctica. God, leave so. them alone. <laughs> yeah. Now, many questions would be asked of what exactly occurred on the Deepwater Horizon drilling rig, uh, what had caused this disaster, who was to blame, and what was really being done to actually cap the fountain of pollutants escaping the well. But of course, conspiracy-minded individuals were hard at work, lighting up the internet with theories about what, or more importantly, who could have been the cause of such a disaster. And that is what we'll be talking about next as we discuss some of the theories that came out of the deep water horizon explosion and subsequent oil spill. Okay. Well, my number one is that Gary Busey sabotaged Deepwater Horizon because he knew in the future he would not get the role that Mark Wahlberg stole from him in the movie Deepwater Horizon. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, yep. it has some potential. Yep. Not probably the craziest one that was floating around <laughs> at the end. So I uh, have you. I think I sent you the video where he's like, um, I want to talk about buttered sausages. Um, yes. <laughs> I was really sad when I heard it. Apparently that's a deep fake, but... Uh, he does seem really like, I, apparently he does seem like a man who would be very concerned about buttered sausages, though. The sad thing is you would see that video and completely without a shadow of a doubt think it's real. That's kind of the sad thing. Well, here's the thing. If you once you hear it's a deep fake, look at it again and you will be like, this version of Gary Busey seems way too sober. So that is the indication uh, that it is a deep fake. Here's the thing, though. I've never seen a video of him where he actually blinks his eyes like a normal human <laughs> being. And that's kind of how I tell if something's a deep fake or not, okay. is how they blink their eyes. Okay, so. that's a good observation. Um, but in all reality, apparently Gary was in a motorcycle accident. He does have brain damage, documented brain damage. So um, even though he seems crazy, apparently there's a reason for it. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Now, to start off, I will speak very shortly on what the official cause of the disaster was. Uh, kind of like I mentioned before, I don't want this to be a three-part episode. So I really am just kind of, you know, going to put out there some of the players and some of the reasons why it's kind of thought why this all happened. Here's kind of the first thing I'm going to talk about, which is government deregulation. Okay. So over the course of Reagan, Bush Sr., Clinton, Bush Jr., uh, there was a lot of deregulation that was happening. Pretty much it's considered to be to the point where basically these corporations had almost no oversight. Yeah. The oversight regulating bodies were actually kind of allowing them to oversight themselves. Yeah. So they had they had no they had no teeth left. Pretty the much. the I feel like this is a lesson that is impossible to be learned in the United States anyway that you cannot just let these greedy companies be like, no, 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 no. We're going to take care of it ourselves. Don't even worry. We don't need regulations. That will just, that'll waste your guys' money. That'll waste our money. And then stuff, bad stuff happens. Yeah. The worst of which is always when you hear the saying, who knows better than us? Ugh. That's always the worst. Ugh. That's the, <laughs> that's is that, the worst. One. What is worse, that or we're like family here? 
Ooh, that's a bad one. But that's more for <laughs> like employees. Uh, that's more on the employee level yeah. than on like the macro level. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Next up, uh, a lot of these, you know, BP, Transocean, a lot of the bigwigs at these companies weren't really listening to the guys kind of like on the ground, or I should say on the rig, uh, actually like doing the work, the engineers, the people who are kind of telling them like, well, we need um, one instance is they needed 21 of these casings, which were basically going to go down into the hole in order to secure the well. Uh, this would kind of act as, you know, help along with the uh, cement in order to seal everything up. Apparently, they only had six, so they decided to only use six, even <sighs> though they should have used 21. Uh, don't ask me how these casings actually work. I watched like three different videos on it, and I have no idea. I will once again say I am not a fucking engineer, and I, after all this, I'm glad I'm not, because holy so, fuck. So, okay, the, like, obviously this is a humongous tragedy, but this mindset of we are not going to listen to the people actually doing the work because you're just an employee number to us. This is like the most unsurprising thing that you've said this whole episode. Well, yeah, it was, I don't know if it exactly was, was that kind of mindset or more just kind of like a, we've done this in the past, just get it done. You know, it's all kind of the same, yes. basically. Th they Companies say this though to employees. This is bad oh. practice. Like, oh, this is par for the course, even though yeah. something new might be going on. Yeah. Okay. I get you now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just like Grandpa yeah. saying, you bunch of liberal pussies, back in my day, we didn't have seatbelts. Like, it's that kind of mindset. Like, you don't need seatbelts because, you know, I didn't have them. Like, I don't know. I hate I hate it. It's I deal with this problem at my own job, and it fucking annoys the shit out of me. Another kind of reason that I read into, or maybe it's in my mind, <laughs> that might be a problem. But it seems like they ran into some problems around 18,000 feet of drilling. Uh, they ran into some unstable rock, and that's kind of where they decided that they would have to stop. It seems like perhaps the rock there wasn't as stable as they were used to, to try to like you know secure it with cement and mud and all of that. So it seems like maybe they should have rethought what they were doing or kind of went at it with a new approach rather than just kind of doing what they always do, which is what it seems like they did. You know what the problem with that logic is, though? That's going to cost the company more money. And yes, we're we're, we're not going to do that. Definitely. That was actually the next thing. Uh, this So they were kind of in a state of flux. They were at the end of using the Deepwater Horizon. They were also about to bring in kind of like the pumping rig, the like the what would actually do the extracting. So to keep the Deepwater Horizon on site cost it a lot of money. So basically, they were trying to cap this well as quickly and as efficiently as possible to get it the hell out of there so that it could go drill another hole somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. See, this sounds more like a prop, like a real problem. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this is just kind of what I was reading. You know, I'm not, I just like I said, I understand nothing about this, but kind of what I was reading, this is kind of what it seems like okay. uh, are the problems. Like, you know, uh, and also too, I've read a ton of other articles. So the, a lot of that might be kind of like other 
like journalist opinions kind of like coming in um, about what was happening. But these are kind of what it seems like. The last one I'm going to talk about is Halliburton. So it, Halliburton, as I mentioned, was actually contracted to come in and pour the cement that would stabilize the whole well. Now, there's a pretty big belief that for some reason, the cement that was sent down wasn't mixed correctly and that it didn't set as quickly as you know they had thought it would set. So basically, when they were doing the pressure tests, that you know, stabilizing cement was not uh, quite ready to be tested yet. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, c- I could see that being a problem. Yeah, I, I guess I do. I'm not a cement expert, <laughs> especially <laughs> underwater cement. Um, but I did hear something today about activists of some kind, I think environmental ones, deciding to Ooh. cement their hands in stuff. And then guess what happened? Had to uh, fuck their skin up. Had to amputate their hands. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's that. <laughs> yep. Sounds uh, sounds about right. We'll actually be talking about uh, okay. <laughs> a little bit of a conspiracy about wild environmentalists. Okay. But, uh, All right. Leads leads into later on a little bit. Okay. Uh, but basically, there's a bunch of different factors. Everyone kind of wants to blame. Oh, just go after like BP or just go after Halliburton. This was a bunch of things that went wrong. Also, there's kind of a, um, I'll be talking about it a little bit now. There is a fail safe that they put on top of the oil well that in the event of a blowback situation, which is what caused this, it was supposed to shear the pipe perfectly. Uh, That did not work. There's a belief that it maybe was not maintained well before it was put into place. It had a low battery situation, which caused its dead man trigger to not work when it no longer had power or hydraulics or anything coming down to it. Okay. And you'll see this might, down below. This might have been what I was mentioning earlier about okay. some piece of equipment that yes. was not uh, properly being you know, maintained and updated because of cost of money. And um, this is, you know, a big problem. It led to a very big problem, obviously. Yes. When they went down to go retrieve it, they found it to have a low battery, and they're not sure if it had a low battery during the all the problems there, during the accident. But if it did, that would cause the shearing to not occur like it should have. There's also a belief that the pressure inside the pipe may have caused the pipe to go off-center. And you can see on the side there, if it's off-center, it did not get completely clamped. So that pipe was still left open, which is what allowed all of that oil to, to jettison out. Okay, yeah. So instead of being sealed and shut completely, instead of being severed and sealed completely, it was off-center, so it did not quite seal when it severed. Yeah, okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Um. Yeah, so it was a failure of the blowout preventer, uh, which was, it's kind of like the last, the dead man trigger, the the thing that's meant to keep all of this from happening, failed. I yeah, this I feel like this is what I've heard the most about was the, yep. this thing. But also, I obviously wasn't paying the biggest amount of attention uh, to this when this happened. Basically, there was a lot of stuff that happened before this failed, but the catastrophe happening 
it was this not doing its job. Uh, this was this is something that's put in place that's meant to completely stop what happened from happening, and it failed. Gotcha. Okay. But there's yeah. also other things too before this. It's yeah. a failure on many different levels. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's sounding like. Yeah. Now that is what kind of the official story, official reasons are. Uh, pretty much just a failure on all those different levels. Uh, those corporations, government, workers, engineers, all of that. Everything, just a perfect storm to lead to this disaster. Here are some of the conspiracy theories that were roaming around the internet, though, at the time. Um, I think you want to reword that as the shit that actually caused this film. Yeah, according, <laughs> according to the internet crazies, of course. Yeah. <laughs> now. The first conspiracy I'll be talking about was the belief that the Democrats, and especially the Obama administration in particular, had orchestrated the explosion and subsequent oil spill. This was all in order to halt any further oil exploration, well drilling, and extraction. This theory goes that the then Chief of Staff, Rahm Emanuel, likely acting on the orders of President Obama, had operatives blow up the Deepwater Horizon. Yeah, okay. Th yeah, this is <laughs> for the time period, you know. Um, yeah, I could definitely see this one being expounded. But the problem is, I don't think any of that exploration actually has been halted in the least bit. Oh, definitely not. Oil prices went up like crazy during the 2000s. And, um, you know, during that time, like the Alaska uh, oil fields were opened up under George W. Bush's administration, and there was a pretty big belief that Obama was going to shut all of that down. So I do not believe he even slowed it down a little bit. There no. was a moratorium put on Gulf activities, but other than that, no, I don't believe it was slowed down uh, really that much in the years I, after this I, accident. I feel like any like stoppage in the Gulf was more about a... PR look than mm. actually giving a fuck about what happened. My opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing that affected the amount of activities as far as, you know, exploring, drilling new wells, trying to extract more is really oil prices. So if oil prices go up, then there's going to be a lot more explorer exploration, a lot more drilling happening. But when they sank down a few years ago during that little price war, that the Russians were having, like it ceased. There was no mm. more, you know, uh, it, the amount of money you have to invest to get that oil out costs so much that it's just not worth it while prices are low. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the market that decides it all, really. So. Very true. Now, the Obama administration and the Democrats weren't the only lefties that would be the targets of conspiracy theories as right-wing radio host Rush Limbaugh at the time had given out the opinion that it may have been environmental wackos who had actually blown up the Deepwater Horizon. And this was all in an effort to kill any more drilling or oil extraction. Right, well, first off, Mr. Uh, Pill Pop and Rush Limbaugh, um, <laughs> I feel like he doesn't realize that quote unquote environmental wackos do not have this kind of money <laughs> to be, or technology to be doing something like this. I mean, 
Jesus, most of the time they're throwing like 99 cent paint on stuff. They're chaining <laughs> themselves to tree. They're getting their arms amputated because they put them in cement. Like these are all cheap. These are things you can do on a on a brisk weekend. You can go to Home Depot and get this stuff. Like to blow up an oil rig, you're going to need some like James Bond level shit to pull that off. Though Though I will say it is pretty on brand for a lot of those environmentalists to try to do something where they think it will help and actually dump out like 3.19 million barrels of oil. That yeah. is kind of them. You always you do hear about them like, you know, they'll liberate a bunch of animals from a farm and then those animals will wander into an interstate and get ran over. <laughs> you do. I mean, you hear a lot of that, those kind of stories or like the one where you talk about them losing it yeah kind of doing something that they think is going to help but it's really just stupid yeah you know what would really help uh combat them you just convince a lot of people to quit buying their product that's probably the only way you can actually harm them in any way oh yeah that's basically the only way well they being by getting the message out the problem is like a lot of the protests that happen where they try to block traffic those there's nothing worse for your cause than to <laughs> hurt someone who's either on their way home or on their way to work or yeah. trying to you know get around honestly if i ever got stopped by an environmentalist on the road because they were blocking off the road i would want to do anything i could you know just yeah. to piss them off yeah yeah they're uh they're turning people away more than they're drawing people in oh definitely yeah now, on the other side of the political aisle, there was a belief that it may have been Halliburton, which had intentionally mismanaged the cementing of the well supports. This was in order to decrease the amount of future oil extraction, which would raise the price of oil per barrel and would, of course, increase Halliburton's profits. Now, one of the believed culprits behind all of this was thought to be former Vice President Dick Cheney, utilizing his close ties to both government agencies and Halliburton insiders. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go full bore on this one because any time yep. Dick Cheney's name is mentioned, he's guilty. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Darth, Darth Vader himself. Yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. It, I, mean, I was When you were talking about Halliburton before, I was like, ooh, wait, wait, we're going to talk yeah. about it. It's okay. <laughs> I just like, ah, oh, man... I don't know. Yeah, Dick Cheney, obviously, he literally invaded a whole country uh, based on his own greed. Like, I don't know what else. You can't get much worse than that. Yeah, it is amazing that everyone thought that invading Iraq was about oil. And then it turns out, no, invading Iraq was all about government contracts. Yeah. No yeah. one saw that coming. <laughs> no. <laughs> Dick Cheney's just in the corner being like, gotcha. Yeah. Everyone remembers the movie In the Army now. <laughs> and uh, that <laughs> peeling potatoes like no 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 it's uh it's civilians now out there peeling potatoes they're the ones peeling the potatoes driving the trucks doing all that shit mopping the toilets i um well, mopping the floors cleaning the toilets i suppose <clears throat> i was making a joke about dick cheney can't be around uh the blood of iraqis or else he gets feral um mm. to this coworker, right and she was like have you ever seen vice it's actually quite a good movie and uh, have you seen it? Vice. Yes. Uh, where Christian Bale gets really fat to play Dick Cheney. Oh, yes. Yep. I've seen it. 
Yep. Am I th- am I saying that right? Wrong? Is isn't it called Vice? It is called Vice. Okay. I was just thinking of my mind was stuck on like all the documentaries and stuff that Vice does. But ah, no, 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 no. Um, no, the movie. Um, yeah. There was also the movie W. I think it was called W. And yes. had uh, I actually think that guy looked more like Dick Cheney than Christian Bale looked like Dick Cheney. Yeah, they did up. Uh, christian bale's makeup quite well to get him to look like dick cheney i will say though both movies even though they had like a lot of the stuff they did they were fluff pieces in compared to what could have been written about them <laughs> so we need to get rich enough to make our own dick cheney movie <laughs> where we're gonna have nothing but historically accurate things all the worst I shit do, he's ever done i do like how the guy at the beginning and the end of that movie was the one who it turned out like donated his heart to him. That was pretty. <laughs> that was an odd little twist. But <laughs> now, next up, the belief that it may have been a foreign attack that actually destroyed the wellhead and the Deepwater Horizon. This would be coming from any one of America's enemies, which would include uh, maybe Russian or Chinese subs seeking to dominate the energy markets. Also, the company that is over. The drilling company Transocean is apparently part of the much larger Hyundai Corporation, a much a a multinational corporation headquartered in Seoul, South Korea. So there's a belief that it maybe has to do with hurting the South Koreans and the United States in one swoop, fellow swoop. So sadly, I do not think North Korea has the capabilities to somehow stealth themselves enough to blow up this one rig. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe, but, uh, they have troubles. They have troubles controlling the waters around the coast <laughs> so, by themselves without China's help. So my yeah. favorite theory is that North Korea shoots them missiles into the ocean because they're, they're keeping a very large monster at bay, protecting the world from that underwater monster, <laughs> killing us all. <laughs> what are those things called in, um, Pacific Rim? I don't know. Well, Gaiju, Gaiju, Gaiju. That yeah. is, uh, I think, Japanese word for like monsters or whatever. But, um, but yeah, maybe. Um, can you imagine <laughs> Kim Jong Un like in his little robot thing, and it's like it's a really obese robot, has a terrible haircut, and then it has the machine also has gout, like he does. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah, I I, I believe it was uh, the fault of Koreans, probably the least, just because had the Kim family actually been behind this, we would never hear the end of it. No. They no. would be talking about it every single every single time he had a fucking microphone in front of him. Kim Jong-un would be talking about how North Korea you know caused that to happen. So, yeah, I don't I mean, I thought Honda was Japanese, but is it? South Korean? Oh, did I say Honda? I meant Hyundai. Oh, Hyundai. Yes, yes, yes. Hyundai. Yeah, yeah. Hyundai. Okay. Shit, yeah. I wrote Honda. Hyundai. Hyundai, yes. That makes more like the sense. High Hyundai. I was yeah. like, hold on. Did Japan put a Honda headquarters in South Korea just to mock the South Koreans? <laughs> but Hyundai, okay, I get you. Yeah, I'm going to say the word Hyundai one more time just so I can go back and cut it in there. 
Because okay. you know we're going to get some asshole who fucking writes a bad review just about that little slip up of me saying Honda instead of Hyundai. <laughs> just like the bad review we got because you didn't know the exact date that New Jersey became a state. Ah, damn it. I thought that was common knowledge. But um, <laughs> the, apparently he did too. The, yeah. wet, the wet dream one will still remain in the best review we've ever gotten. <laughs> Definitely. Now, going back to that time, one of the really popular conspiracy theories that I remember is that BP actually was trying to salvage the well and further extract oil, uh, not wanting to drill another hole. And the belief was that BP could have actually capped the wellhead a lot faster than they eventually did. Uh, this was by using either nuclear bombs or heavy explosives to completely cap the well of course you know it would be terrible for the environment but the oil was already you know screwing things up but apparently this would not work so did they attempt to call hulk hogan for an atomic leg drop on it <laughs> yeah potentially maybe randy savage for the elbow <laughs> but no i'm uh, not sure about that but there was a belief that uh they should just go ahead and nuke the floor of the ocean in order to cap the well i actually think south park was right about this because if they would have did that they could have pissed off cthulhu and then he could have destroyed the whole world and then there would be no oil profits for them oh yeah definitely but um i don't know what do you feel about this one feels like i mean you obviously talked about a lot that were a stretch but um in like the realm of semi-rationality um this one just doesn't seem, I mean, it kind of seems plausible, but not really, right? Yeah, so at the time, there was a belief that BP either wasn't acting fast enough or wasn't doing enough. Um, also, too, that BP wasn't taking enough brunt of the blame. So kind of the idea that they could do things faster or stop the leak faster than they you know, did kind of I think that's one of the big kind of theories It more in, than using heavy explosives or a nuclear bomb. So really, I think it's about people's feelings towards BP at that time. I know you're kind of scaring me a little bit. I'm getting like a little bit of a BP sympathizer vibe from you. I think me and the fans are going to have to come water boy <laughs> waterboard you <laughs> and see who the fuck got to you. Here's the thing. So this, uh, I will say this. So in my younger days, I really didn't like the whole, like, you know, uh, I figured by now we would be completely solar, wind, nuclear, hydrogen, all of that shit. Uh, it doesn't seem to be happening. Also, I will say I really feel for kind of the, you know, the people who are actually on those oil rigs doing the work. I've watched a lot of videos of like what it takes to actually get oil out of the ground. And thank God I do not have to do that. Yeah. So but holy, if anyone, if anyone who actually does that is listening, you're doing fucking God's work out there. So I would not want to do that. So when we talk about BP, we're not talking about the workers, like, you no. know, especially the ones that died. Um, they're not, the, they're not in, you know, enjoying the extreme amount of profits that are being enjoyed by, the people who sit in an office and do all sorts of ungodly things, um, you know. Oh, that's yeah, the executives. Who, that's who, who we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, the, the people who work on the ground level, yeah, they're, uh, you know, 
nothing bad to say about them. But yeah, the BP executives and especially, I mean, like their response. Yeah, so a lot of people were yeah. really pissed off at their response. Um, also, too, the amount of money that they gave out, I was reading, was about like two and a half years of their profits. So all of that money that they spent in the, the cleanup in the aftermath amounted to about two years of their profit. In the short term, definitely it hurt them, especially you, image wise. When you think of when you hear BP, like you're going to think of this. You know what I mean? Like even to this day, whenever I hear the name BP, I think of the the oil spill. So okay, I I well from my perspective, when I hear BP, I hear the most outdated piece of shit gas station on the planet. Has ah. good gas. They have good gas. I will give you. I will give them that credit. But it's literally gas pumps and then a toilet or a bathroom sized <laughs> convenience store inside. And some poor kid who could give one fuck less because he's literally trapped in a tiny box working at this gas station. Yeah, we don't have BPs out here. There was ah. one in Emmitsburg, and it, it was actually one of the nicer gas stations in town. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. It's, we had it, one of those old Casey's. Everyone here, okay, take the quick trips, right? And now you put the leave the gas pumps there, um, take the bathroom, and then that is the inside of the BP station. Basically an outhouse with a gas station connected yeah. to it. Is yeah. what you're saying? Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they do have full uh, service still, though. Some of them. I oh, will okay. say that. Yeah. yeah, that's hard to find. So lastly, one of my favorite and most crazy conspiracies that I was reading about is that the explosion and subsequent oil spill was all in an effort to drive Americans away from the southern coast of the United States. Uh, this would take them away from their homes. This would allow coastal region. This was because of the coastal regions being polluted by the waves of leaked oil and dangerous toxic oil dispersing fluids, uh, which at the time were being poured into the water en masse. Uh, this was supposedly perpetrated by, of course, the deep state to begin the process of forcing Americans into FEMA camps, a conspiracy trope that still exists to this day, especially after COVID. I will say, though, uh, the FEMA, granted, where I work, there's a lot more sane people now, but where I yeah. used to work, the FEMA camps were a hot, hot button issue. But they kind of died off after President Trump got elected. So, I mean, now that Joe Biden's in office, I imagine like the FEMA camp talks getting pretty hot again. Um, yeah, there's like a weird correlation between that. I'm not really sure, uh, why, but, um, but yeah, so, okay. So they push people away simply to put them in FEMA camps. Yes. And then they allow their homes to be taken over by the foreigners, by the uh, invasion of the foreigners coming in. So, okay. Now, <laughs> wow. Okay. It's another part of the crazy thing is the replacement theory is part of the whole FEMA camp thing i just i will never understand a country built on immigration hates immigrants i just i still don't understand it um i will never understand it but uh but okay yeah this one um so you, this one for you is most believable no most i'm insane. just kidding you i'm kidding <laughs> you're fucking crazy for, for, no so totally joking totally joking I will say it is one of the biggest American traditions 
is for a person from a foreign country to come into America and then immediately slam the door behind. So very basically true. that happens over the next couple of generations. Yeah. Again, like South Park, I don't even want to say the word for those people because it comes off slightly racist. But, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? No. The goo backs. I, oh, the oh, gotcha. The people from the future. Yes. We're like, there's just everybody's just the exact same. Um, yeah. Hold gotcha. On. Oh, OK. Yeah. I didn't know where you were going there. For yeah, a don't. Second. I'm uh, rambling. But... <laughs> don't listen to me. Basically, everyone kind of, you know, every every race, every people meld into like one one basic race yes. pretty much yeah yes 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 um then then the like slamming the door behind them then that stops <laughs> okay so yeah that's uh that's kind of it for today i wanted to one i was wondering though what's your favorite one uh is the gooback theory possibly your favorite <laughs> no my favorite is that uh a bunch of very greedy companies um, just we're trying to cut costs and unfortunately led to the deaths of their employees, which could have been completely avoidable if you ask me. Yeah, I will say one of the things that got forgotten pretty quickly was the fact that 11 people died that day. I saw a lot of coverage at that time. I do not remember hearing that anyone died on that rig. The other thing too, and I'm not being satirical when I say this, that I will guarantee with the dead the dead people mostly um, that BP did a probably spent a lot of money trying to like squash uh, you know that being reported too much. Um, mm. I kind of talked about or with you privately about the Arm and Hammer guy, which is his real name. It's a legit name, and he owned some sort of oil something another, and he had a rig that blew up as well. And then he uh, paid people to keep it quiet. He even got like Prince, uh, one of the princes and Princess Diana to fucking like help him talk about how safe the oil rigs are. So this is something what, that rich people do. Was it Prince Charles? Yeah, I believe now? it. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, but OK, like you got to remember, I'm pretty sure this was in the 80s that like oh, that gotcha. happened. But what I'm saying is. Rich people know how to make stuff look not quite as bad. Oh, money talks. Yes, yes definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, so from what I remember, I just remember a lot of coverage of the oil spill. Yes. And a yep. lot of press conferences where the, the CEO of BPE was uh, basically kind of just, you know, apologetically rambling. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm honestly <laughs> surprised that you... Did not include the conspiracy that Dawn, Dawn Dish Soap, did this um, just so they could get videos more of more commercials of them cleaning baby ducks off with uh, Dawn Dish Soap. Yeah, honestly, I had not read that <laughs> or made it up in my head like you maybe just did. Yeah, um, yeah. I will say, I will say though, um, anyone who has you know some conspiracy ideas of their own or has one that maybe I failed to mention or didn't find, uh, you can get a hold of us at our email subliminaldpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, hit us up for anything you know, episode ideas, the love, the hate. You know, it's all good. Uh, probably an even easier way to get a hold of us, though, is at our Instagram, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. 
Cody and I love to hear, you know, love to hear from you guys, all the likes, all the shares, anything you want to send. Uh, Cody also has an Instagram account. What's that, Cody? You can follow me at Cody Zabub. Give me a follow. Um, send me a message. Do whatever you want to do. If you're still listening at this point, I have one special request for anybody out there. If you've seen the Tom Hanks hit movie Castaway, I want you to tell me what you got out of the ending of the movie. I've been arguing this with some people. Message me. Uh, the last thing we ask you guys to do is log on to iTunes, leave a show five-star review. doesn't matter what you say. Just type something in the box, hit submit, tell us about your wet dreams. I don't give a fuck. Thank you for doing that for us. If you're a Spotify listener, it's even easier. Hit five stars, hit submit. You're done. Nice and easy. And Spotify works better. Thank you guys for doing that. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed a Mark Wahlberg edition Um episode phil beautiful i learned a lot about oil rigs that i did not know and i think everybody will be more thankful when they see oil rigs from now on we'll see you guys next she's unfaithful that's what i think about <laughs>